Welcome back to Grit, Grace, and Coffee Grinds. This is your host, Anna McCutcheon, and you're listening to episode 45. What we are currently seeing and experiencing in our world today is the aftermath of a 50-year organized strategic attack on the Church of America. Political podiums and gospel pulpits were once used for standing against the enemy, speaking truth to the masses, and protecting it with laws penned into existence by men of God who fear not for their very life. God's own soldiers can no longer speak truth without sounding harsh, cruel, radical, or even foolish and absent-minded. Listen, soldier, the truth matters to God, and so it must matter to us. We need to stand speak the truth, regain ground, and protect our rights, our families, with tenacious ferocity. We are here to talk about the truth, the nitty-gritty truth, the good, the bad, the ugly truth. Listen in. This is part four of Angel Encounters, and also the last episode in this particular series. They have been fun to tell, as well as convicting for me. God cannot be limited, but my lack of faith limits him regularly. What would God do on our behalf if we just had the courage and faith to believe that he can, and not just that he can, but wants to? Wants to show up on our behalf, wants to answer prayer, wants to defend us against the enemy, wants to lead us, wants to protect us but he also just wants us to ask. The two officers in our last story can attest that Psalm 91 works every time. God is always working on our behalf. The question is, are we ready for him to open our eyes as he did with Gehazi and truly see him as he really is? Stephen Rogers was a rookie officer in the Nutley, New Jersey Police Department in 1977 when he was assigned to be partners with Phil. Not only was Phil older and wiser, he was also an outspoken Christian. For the impulsive and sometimes rebellious Steve, Phil became a role model. Daily, before their shift, the two men would pray or read from the Bible, often reciting the 91st Psalm the one that commits us to God's care and summons angels when we are in danger. Nutley had a growing problem. Recreational areas were being overrun with teenagers, drinking, taking drugs, and vandalizing property. Police knew where the kids congregated, but whenever they raided the gatherings, most slipped away and could not be found. Apparently, the teens had a hideout. But where? None of the police officers had been able to find it. One day, Steve and Phil were assigned to plain clothes duty. They were to dress like the kids and, if it was possible, discover their hideout and the source of their drugs. That night, they stationed themselves in a secluded wooded area and watched the young people fighting, cursing, and destroying property. What I saw sickened me, Steve relates. I realized we were not dealing with a few kids having fun, but with many who are hardcore drug addicts with minds out of control. Many were invoking the name of Charles Manson or performing obscene acts. If this behavior spread, it could threaten the whole city. 
The main source of the drugs, it appeared, was a young man the officers dubbed Mr. Big because of his apparent emotional hold on the group. The next day, the officers went to the scene of the gathering, prayed for guidance, and began to check it inch by inch. They soon came across a well-worn path covered with branches. The path led to a barely concealed cave. Inside, the officers found pills, liquor, pornographic material, and marijuana. Here was where so many young people eluded the police. That night, they decided they would raid the cave. Before their shift, they requested extra backup, but they were told they were on their own. How can two officers handle a bunch of aggressive kids all alone? Once again, the men prayed the 91st Psalm. I strolled toward a crowd already gathering near a railroad embankment. Mr. Big was there, they noted. We wanted to apprehend him first because we felt many of the kids would discontinue their illegal activities if he wasn't around, Steve explained. But as they approached, a girl recognized them. Cops, she screamed. The crowd scattered. Stephen Field went after the girl, caught her, and called a backup squad. By now, some of the others they knew will be hidden in the cave. Despite the fact that they were hopelessly outnumbered, they found a hidden path and walked boldly into the entrance. Freeze, Steve shouted, and not a person in the cave moved. Steve ran his eyes across the group, at least 12 of them, and they had caught Mr. Big. Steve walked over to Mr. Big and asked for the package he was holding. The young man handed over a bag of pills. Steve gathered other evidence, read everyone his rights, then realized how bizarre this actually was. He was staring at the cave floor covered with submissive teens who could have easily overpowered the two officers. Why hadn't they even put up a fight? The van pulled up, and as they led the prisoners out of the cave, Steve turned to Mr. Big. Why well, didn't you or any of the others try to attack us when we came in? You think I'm crazy or something? Mr. Big asked. There were at least 20 guys in blue uniforms, and it would have been stupid to think of fighting or running. 20? No, there were just the two of us. Yeah? Mr. Big called to another young prisoner. Belinda, how many cops came to the cave? Belinda shrugged. At least 25. It was then that Steve remembered the words he and Phil recited so faithfully. You will not fear the terror of the night, for he will command his angels concerning you. Within nine months of the time Stephen Field had been assigned to the special duty, they had made 250 arrests, more than the department's annual total. Former hangouts of drug addicts and vandals were deserted, and Nutley neighborhoods flourished. Whenever anyone complimented the officers on their accomplishments, they gave credit to Jesus for protecting them and helping them solve the crimes. Jesus and a very special squad in blue. The nitty-gritty truth is this. The truth? Well, yeah, it matters to God. And so it's got to matter to us. Truth is our greatest weapon against our enemy. Believing the truth, courageously living out that truth, and boldly speaking the truth is not only expected of us as a soldier in the army of God, but is the principal thing that dismantles Satan's every effort to tempt you, wrestle with you, or cripple you. 
Psalm 37, 4 says, The angel of the Lord encamps around those that fear him, and he delivers them. Let's start believing that each and every day. Ask God for his direction and thank him when he leads. Ask God for protection and thank him when he protects. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Grit, Grace, and Coffee Grinds. If you would like to connect beyond the podcast, I do post weekly to Instagram where you can find me at author Anna McCutcheon. And you can also find me over at AnnaMcCutcheon.com. We can provide a transcript for each episode. So if you know someone who either can't hear or prefers reading to listening, simply head on over to AnnaMcCutcheon.com slash about and send us a quick note asking for the episode that hits your fancy and it will be sent to you. These stories are taken from the book, Where Angels Walk by Joan Wester Anderson. If you want to read all the recorded encounters for yourself. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time.